Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Well, I don't know about you, church, but I'm just so thankful this morning. I'm so thankful. I just feel that right from week, I come in them doors this morning, just that joy that was bubbling up on the inside. And we prayed for it at the start of service. And I just, the joy is just bubbling on the inside of me. It's just bubbling. I tell you, church, we have to get to a place where we are thankful. We have an attitude of thankfulness for everything that he's done for us. Because I tell you something, when we get our eyes off him and onto what's happening to us, onto, oh, woe is me and everything that's trying to come against me, we lose that thankfulness for what he's done. We get our eyes off where it should be. Always, 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 always start your day and throughout your day, thank the Lord for his goodness. Thank him for everything he's done for you. Everything he's done for you. You're, we are destined for an eternity with him. Does that not make you joyful this morning? We know where we're going, church. That is some good news this morning. And I'm so thankful to him for it. I'm so, so thankful. And I'm so looking forward to church this morning and getting to share with you guys. And I'm, I'm just honored and I'm privileged to be with you. I love my church family. Amen. You're a great bunch of people. So I'm just going to continue on this morning with the series I've been doing on Sunday mornings. And it's by Don't Hinder Your Call. Okay? So we've been talking about how everybody has, has a specific call of God on, on their life. Okay? God has called you. He has a plan and he has a purpose for you. Okay? You have a specific call that he wants you to do. And we have a responsibility. Okay? We can hinder that call. We can hinder that call. We can stop it from getting fulfilled. Just because we're called, it doesn't mean it's going to get fulfilled. We have a part to play. And that's what we've been speaking about the past couple of weeks. So we're into week four, I believe it is now. And I want to continue with speaking about David, King David this morning. What a man to look at and what a man to learn from. We can get so much life lessons from King David. Do you agree with me this morning? And today I'm going to spend the most of, of my time in, for the next maybe three or four hours in, um, <laughs> in first... Amen. We're ready. We're ready. I'm just kidding. First Samuel chapter 17. Okay? A very popular portion of scripture because it's about David and Goliath. And we touched on the beginning of it last Sunday. That's where we closed off. And I want to continue with that chapter today. Okay? But church, have an open mind this morning. Okay? Because it's something that's you know, we hear about a lot, David and Goliath, the story of David and Goliath, and there's a lot of different, you know, perspectives that we can preach on, and they're all amazing, okay? But I just want to come to you from the angle of how David seen Goliath for what he was, and he was a hindrance to his call. He was a, he was an, he came to him facing him early on, and he was an obstacle to David, but he didn't let that stop him. He's seen Goliath for what it is. And that's what you have to do if you want to overcome your giants. You have to see them for what they are. See them how God sees them. Don't be looking at them in the physical. Don't be looking at them in the natural. Look at them through the spiritual, through the eyes that God's given you, your spiritual eyes. 
So we left off <clears throat> at the very beginning of chapter, well, it was actually more mid-chapter 17, when we talked about when David was, he's already on the battle scene, okay? When the Philistines was coming against the, his people, Saul's army. And he was all, so he's already on the scene. And we talked about last week, we finished up with, I believe, how David's brother was criticizing him. He didn't even want him to be there. And he was like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? What business do you have doing here, being here? Where's the sheep that you're supposed to be looking at? Why don't you go do your other less important job than what we have to do? Okay? And that was the first opportunity that David had in this portion to stop and to retreat and run away. Okay, and we talked about how important it is to not listen to people's opinions. Don't give in to people's criticism. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do and be obedient. Be obedient to what he's telling you to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else is saying. Obey and submit and do what he's calling you to do. And you will not hinder your call. You'll fulfill your call. He has done his part, church. He's faithful. If anything happens in the meantime, it's our fault, not God's. It's not, our, it's not his fault, it's our fault because we allow these things to happen. He's given us the authority over these situations. We have a better covenant than what they did even now, what we're going to be talking about. We have a better covenant through what Jesus done for us. We have the authority to overcome these giants. So as we're studying this out this morning, I want you to picture what it is in your life that's hindering your call. Ask the Lord to reveal it to you. If your life is not what you want it to look like right now, you need to change something. You need to reevaluate things, reassess things, go to God, seek Him out in prayer, ask Him to reveal these things to you. What it is, what is it that's hindering you from fulfilling your call? What, it is, what is it that is pushing against you, that is slowing you down, trying to get you to kill that momentum? Think of your giants this morning. Think of, your, of the temptations that's coming against you and think of them like Goliath and start having a perspective like David did against his giant, okay? So I want to pick up from 1 Samuel chapter 17 in verse 31. So this is just after David was saying, is there not a, is there not a cause this guy is coming against us. He's defying the armies of God. Is there not a cause? And verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Don't let your heart fail you because of him. It doesn't matter how scary he looks. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. So David is now in front of Saul. David's chat among the people that he was around got back to Saul. I think we covered that last week, and Saul called him. And now he has given Saul the option, I will go, send me, I'll go and face this Goliath. David said, let no man's heart fail because of him. David's heart was not going to fail. That's why he defeated Goliath. Full stop. His heart was not going to fail him. 
We've been talking about the, whole, the past couple of weeks through this, laying a foundation for how important it is to have your heart right. That's what was part of Saul's downfall. He didn't have his heart in the right place. He had all of, the, all of the, his boxes ticked in the natural. He was tallest than anybody else, taller than anybody else in his whole kingdom, in all of Israel. He was strong, he was mighty, he was trained, he was experienced. He started out well, but his heart failed him. His heart was not after God. David's heart was not going to fail him. He was watching what was happening to the people, to his brothers, to his king around him, and how fearful they were. Fear is crippling. We covered some of that last week. Fear is a major hindrance to you fulfilling your call. We spoke about where his heart was and how important it is to plant yourself in a place where you won't grow weary and get discouraged. Don't grow weary. It's important where you plant yourself, church. It's important where you plant yourself. David's heart was after God and his confidence was in the Lord. This is where his boldness came from. Goliath was taunting God's people and disrespecting them. David had enough of it. Who does he think he is? Who does he think he is coming against God's people? Your servant will go and fight Goliath. And church, that's something that's been ministered from this pulpit the past couple of weeks so much. Here I am, Lord, send me. Where's your availability this morning? Is it blocked up with everything else that's not important? Is it been filled up with worldly pleasures, your own desires, what you see yourself doing? That can eat up your availability and there's very little or if any left for God. That's one of the reasons why you're limited if you feel that this morning. Where's your availability? David was saying, here I am. I will go. And then he knew, Lord, you will give me the, the ability that I need. Remember, church, it's not your ability, it's your availability. He will, God will turn that to his ability working through you. So don't wait till you have the ability. Or you're never going to do it. Trust him. When you make yourself available, he'll not only use you, but he'll give you the ability to overcome overcome who's overcomers in here this morning who wants to just get by who wants to just you know squeeze by by the skin of your teeth or who wants to overcome by a mile who wants to cut the head of your giant off not just wound him that's what David did in order for David to look past the natural and what was facing him he had to have his heart sold out to God and look only at the spiritual if he focused on the natural, he was beat. Goliath was a lot bigger, a lot stronger, a lot more prepared, a lot more trained, experienced, had more weaponry. Everything in the natural was for him and was against David. Who can relate to that this morning? Sometimes when you feel like in the natural, your, your head is just below the water and you're starting to lose it, lose the battle. Get out of the natural church. Get into the spiritual. That's where we have the victory. That's where the battle has already been won. Stop fighting your spiritual battles with natural means. Get into the word. Fight them with your word. Get, put on the armor that God's given you. 
We see more of David's humility and his servant's heart here also. Church, remember, David had already been anointed as king. He knew he was going to be the next king. But yet here he is in front of Saul. Here I am. Send me. Humility. Servant's heart. Saul didn't know that he was anointed, but David knew. But he was like, he wasn't going to be like, you know, David didn't march in there saying, I'm going to get the victory and then this is going to be the end of Saul. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be the new bee's knees around here. No, he honored Saul's position. And he was humble. This was another way he didn't hinder his call. He showed honor and respect. These are all heart issues, church, that David ensured were right from the beginning before he was able to progress further, further into his call. And you say, you know, you know, I'm going to, I will hit home on this so much because it's so heavy on my heart right now. God has been showing me these things this past couple of months. Is church, if your action, you know, we, we speak about faith in here a lot, okay? And faith is so important. We're a faith church. And you know, without faith, you can't please God, okay? Faith always will have a corresponding what? Action right? If your actions are not with the right heart, forget it. Forget it. This is, this has to be sorted first. David put his faith into action, but do you not see his heart was right first? You know, David could have acted on his faith and went in and faced Goliath, but with the wrong heart. Don't do things, you know, because you feel like, you, I have to be standing in faith, but you haven't settled things, you haven't got things right in here first. God looks at your heart. He was looking at David's heart. That's why he was given these opportunities. That's why he was in the position he was in, was because God was looking at his heart. Heart issues. What happened next, which we read there, was similar to David's brother's response when Saul said, David had another opportunity to be discouraged when Saul said, you can't do this. What? Are you serious standing in front of me saying you want to go face him? You're just a boy. You're just a boy. How do you think you can defeat him? An opportunity for doubt to get in. Church, Saul was, Saul was king at this stage, okay? He was the one in authority. He was the one the people would have wanted to please. He was the one the people would have wanted to show off in front of the rest of the army. If Saul could just see me doing this, he, you know, I would get promoted and he'd put me head over the arm and he'd do this and he'll do that. And he was the one that was saying to David, you can't do this. I don't even want to go up and face him. I'm here hiding in fear. You can't do this, David. This was a discouraging response from Saul, but David still didn't let that stop him. Saul and the rest of his army were only looking at David on a superficial level from what they could see on the outside. And that word that we got this morning, stop looking at the outside. The change happens in here first. See, that's where the devil gets you. He gets you discouraged because when you don't see the change on the outside, he th tells you that you don't have it. Or he tells you it didn't work. It happens in here, church. 
before it'll ever manifest in the outside, you have to believe it and believe that it's already happened in here. That's the way it is. David believed in here. That's where he believed first. Saul and the rest of the army, like I said, were looking at David, probably laughing. This boy's going to get himself killed. They failed to know what David had already achieved and had already proven out. See, they didn't understand the level of intimacy that David had. They didn't understand or they didn't know what he'd already overcome through God, through his ability. He didn't just know of his God, he walked in union with him and proved out what he knew to be true. He walked in union with him. How do we know this? Let's look at David's response after he disregarded David's offer. So David was here offering, I'll go, Saul. No, like, let's look at it like this. Saul didn't have many takers here. David was the only one, in, it tells us in Scripture, it doesn't tell us anybody else was willing. Saul himself was hiding. Nobody else. Goliath was going back and forth for 40 days. Taunting, disrespecting. David was the only one willing. David's response in Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, 34. Verse 34. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, there you have it again, looking at him for what he really was, will be like one of them, seeing he he, as he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Church, we discussed this at the beginning. And it was something, you know, that the Lord was showing me at the turn of this year as well was, you know, when it comes to fulfilling that call, when it comes to going after that call that God has for your life, you can't live on what's happened in the past to sustain you. Okay? You can't live on those things. You can't live on what you've, the knowledge you've learned up until now. Remember we were saying there's always more. Pressing in. David constantly was pressing into the secret place. God was continually revealing things to him. Our past experience should not be what we live off, but you can use them to propel you forward. That's what David did. That's what David did. You see, David defeated the, the lion and the bear. And he wasn't living off those past experiences, expecting them to sustain him going up against Goliath. And I'll tell you why. Because he still had to depend on God. Because sometimes when we, when, we de- when we live off what's happened in the past, we get over into the flesh because we think it's all about us. I done that. God took me through that. I'm great. And then we stop trusting and believing God for more. David was still going up to face Goliath, knowing, God, I know, I know that you've done this for me in the past. You will do this again. You delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the bear. You will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. You will. You, you, you. He was giving God the glory. 
David proved out his faithfulness, proved out the faithfulness of God because he was in that place of union, that place of relationship. He knew his covenant rights and he knew God to be faithful. He knew his covenant rights and he knew God to be faithful. Church, that's why it's so important to be in the word. We, like I said at the beginning, we have such a better covenant through what Jesus did. We have so much better promises based on a covenant, based on better promises. How will we know them if we don't know his word? If we don't know him, if we're not seeking him out, if we're not in union with him? There's a scripture in, it's, actually no, I won't go to that right now. I'm going to continue on with this. We have a responsibility if we've been studying things out, okay? We have a responsibility. David was keeping up his end. He loved God and he kept his commandments. He loved God and he kept his commandments. He obeyed God. This is how he facilitated his call as opposed to hindering it. It was one thing to know what God's word says about what we are and what we have. And it's another thing to live your life based on it and acting it out. It's not enough just to know it. Live your life based on what, standing on it and acting it out, okay? This is important. If you want to facilitate the call of God in your life and not hinder it, you need to be faithful in the preparation process. You have to be faithful. Don't despise the training ground. Don't despise the training ground. If you want to facilitate the call of God in your life and not hinder it, be faithful in the preparation process. Many times we want to skip to the end where we get the recognition. Saul was after the recognition. Saul was after what man said about him. He wanted the praise. He wanted the glory. That's why it didn't work out for him. With every victory David had, he gave God the glory. He let people know it was God that got me through. We need to realize how important the preparation time is, no matter how short or long that time is. I needed a more preparing than my, some of you might have. I needed a longer preparation time, but a lot of that was, you know, I was digging my heels in or, you know, my own stubbornness. Hindering, hindering, like we've been talking about. No matter how long it is, trust God in the process. David was a giant slayer because he proved out to be faithful in the preparation time. He was given the responsibility. Remember, what was he doing when his father called him to go up to the, to the battlefield? He was tending his father's sheep. What was he doing when Samuel came to the house to anoint the next king? He wasn't even called up with the rest of his brothers. He was out tending his father's sheep. Church, that wasn't a waste of time for David. That was far from it. That was his preparation time. Sometimes we can get so discouraged because we feel like we're out in the wilderness somewhere. Nobody's recognizing us. Nobody can see the call that God has in my life. Lord, I feel like I'm doing everything I know to do, but this is just taking so long. And then many people miss it because they just get so discouraged and they quit. They quit. Never quit, church. Keep going. David's job was to protect and look after his father's sheep and remain faithful in his daily tasks. This is what he done. He put his own life at risk for a lamb. His own life. I'm sure his father probably wouldn't even wanted him to risk his own life. It's just a lamb. But David was faithful 
He was put in charge to look after that flock, and that's what he was going to do, no matter what. Church, God's looking for your heart. If you're not faithful in what he's trying to train you in, if you're not faithful in what you're doing now, you're not going to get any more. He's not going to trust you with anything bigger if you can't be faithful from what you're giving you. Do you think God will put you? <laughs> David went up against Goliath because he'd already proven to be faithful. He'd already proven to be faithful. If you want to press into the call of God for your life, you need to learn to trust God in the process. Things will rise up against you. Many times it can be early on, just like it was with David. It's to try and stop you from, it's from, it's to try and stop you from even getting speed and momentum up. It's to try and stop you from even starting to get going. And then even when you are going, things will keep coming. They'll keep coming to try and stop you. We don't, it, this is so important to know, church, that we don't wait, don't wait until something big comes along to start testing your faith. You know, don't wait until something like a big giant comes before you learn to trust God. You need to learn to trust God in the everyday things, what seem insignificant and little to you. It's preparing you. It's preparing you. David was trusting God for the everyday task of looking after his father's sheep. And yet when he proved to be faithful, he went up against Goliath and he overcame that giant much bigger. The whole army was relying on him, was on his shoulders. He had that much responsibility. Put the word into practice. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not something you do when, you, when, when you're up against the wall, when you're feeling choked. Don't wait to do it then. You're putting yourself, you know, a few steps back. You're making it harder for yourself. You know, at this church... I love because pastor always says we deal with preventative maintenance. And what he means by that is don't wait to get sick to start confessing the word. You are healed. You are the healed of God. Don't wait until you feel sniffles and aches and pains and don't wait till cancer comes knocking before you start trusting God. Speak to your headaches. Speak to your sore fingernail. Don't accept anything. What makes you think you're going to be able to overcome the bigger ones if you can't stand in faith for the little things? That's what happens. Walk in divine health. We don't have to get sick. You are healed. Learn to trust God in the little things and the big things won't move you. The big things won't move you. Learn to trust God in the little things and the big things won't move you. Why? It's all about relationship. Again, David trusted God because he knew God. He had an intimacy with him. David's heart was after God and he put his faith into practice. Church, David may have been a youth, like Saul said. He may have been a novice at war, but he wasn't a spiritual novice. Be spiritually prepared. Be spiritually prepared. Don't put all your focus in the what you see around you and in your own physical abilities. Be spiritually aware. Put on the whole armor of God. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. 
Stop waiting till something physical standing in front of you. Our fight is in the spiritual realm, and you fight it with the word. You fight it in the spirit. That's what you fight it with. Look at your giant for what it is. Look at your giant for what it is. David just didn't turn up out of nowhere and a spirit of faith came upon him. He just didn't come out of the blue and a spirit of faith came upon him that was able to help him overcome this giant. No. No, it was daily. Daily. The lion and the bear was the training ground. Back on, his, on the field where his father's sheep were, that was the training ground. His seeking God out, his praying, his believing God, him trusting God, his relationship, his daily communion. That was David's putting his faith into practice. We may be living in a compressed time, church, like we said. Things, you know, can happen quicker. Sometimes, you know, you know the kingdom work needs done, yes? God has a job for us to do. And, you know, sometimes we can feel a push, you know, a slight nudge on the back. God wants us to really step into what he has for us. It, it's a compressed time. Some things are taking less time. Sometimes the preparation time is less than what it may have been before. Because God wants us to get a job done. But church, you can't skip it. You can't skip the preparation time. You don't just go from never trusting God for anything to killing a giant. It doesn't work like that. There's a growth process. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, you take the seed of my word and plant it in your heart. It doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just produce fruit overnight. It's a process. You continually put the word in. You continually water the word. Refresh yourself in the word. Get stuck into the word. Seed time and harvest. Don't forget the time. The time part is crucial. Many times we hinder our call that is on our lives because we fail to trust God in the everyday things. We miss it. We can't skip to the end result without going through the process. The preparation is key. And what you learn through the preparation is vital. What David learned in his preparation time was vital. Don't despise this time. Keep your trust in God and walk with him. If you do your part and continue to prepare and walk in obedience, nothing will stop you from fulfilling your call. Don't fail to prepare. Prepare. And don't just do it all in your own strength, thinking, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do that. Trust God every day. Trust in his preparation time. Trust in where he's placed you. And that's why it's so important to be led by the Spirit, to know how to hear his voice. To know that where he's placed you, let him speak to you daily. Let him guide you, direct you. If you need a shift somewhere, you know you're sensitive to his leading. Verse 38. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So this was after David said, I'll go, send me. Saul was like, you can't go. And then he proceeded to say, I killed the lion and the bear. The Lord will deliver me from this 
from this giant. So this is where this picks off. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put on a, uh, put on a bronze helmet on his head, clothed him with a coat of mail, fastened his sword to his armor, and tried to walk, but he had not tested them. David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I've not tested them. So David took them off. But something I want to show you first, church, David spoke with such boldness, with such confidence, that Saul went from, you can't do this. What do you think you're doing to then go in the space of that one interaction? David spoke with confidence. If David had have been wimpy, if David had have been, you know, nervous and thinking, oh, I sure hope, well, look at the, you don't have any other takers, but listen, I'll go. I don't really want it, but I'll go. I hope that the Lord will deliver me. It wasn't going to happen like that, church. Goliath was saying, if I, you send somebody to fight me, and if I win, you become my servants. Saul had a lot to lose here. His whole kingdom. He had a lot to lose, but yet he went then to go, and the Lord be with you. David's faith was rubbing off on the people around him. Watch your words. Watch your words. Speak with boldness. Speak the word. David had a heart after God and God chose him because of his heart. What does the Bible say in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is in your heart? There was faith in David's heart and faith came out of his mouth. Because his heart was right. This has to be right first. Before your faith will work. Your heart has to be right. When your whole heart is sold out to God and you believe his word, your mouth will speak faith and boldness just like David did. It will not only affect you, but the people around you. And it'll propel you forward into the call that God has in your life. It will propel you. Start looking out for things that are propelling you, not hindering you. Pushing you forward. Identify the things in your life that are slowing you down. Identify the fleshly desires or the fleshy things that you might not want to give up that are hindering you. Look, at, look for the things that are going to propel you forward. Walking in the Spirit. Living with intimacy with Him. His Word. Prayer. Live your life before him the way he wants you to live it. As we read through these verses, we can see that after Saul agreed to allow David to go face Goliath, he tried to give him his own armor to wear. Now church, remember what we discussed a few weeks ago. Saul was the tallest man in all of Israel. His armor was going to be specific to him. Okay? Then he tries to go put it in our on David, right? Saul trained in his armor. Saul fought in his armor. Saul tested his armor. Then he tried to put it on David, and what happened? He couldn't even walk, so he had to take it off. There's no way that this armor would have suited David or done him any good. He had not tested it. He took it off. It was not the right size for him. It was too heavy. He hadn't tested it. 
The Bible says that after David tried it on, he took it, off, took it back off, and then he started to speak something to Saul. You see, David's strength was not in anything he had to offer in the physical. David's strength, we talked about this. David's strength was in his trust in God and his relationship with him. Saul's armor would have been nothing but a burden to David. It would have been a burden. Was there anything wrong with Saul's armor? No. I can guarantee you it was probably the best in the kingdom. Saul was the king. His armor would have been amazing. The problem was not the armor. The problem was it wasn't made for David. There was nothing wrong with Saul's armor. David's strength was in his trust in God and his relationship with him. Always stick with what you've tested, church. Stick with what works. Stick with the word. Don't add on anything that will become heavy and that you'll have to carry it. And sometimes it might not even be bad. But don't add on anything. Don't try to, because when you start adding on things, you're in the flesh. You're adding on things because you think what God's ability, what he wants to do through you, what you're surrendering to him isn't enough. I need to do this. I know, just in case, this is my plan B. I'm going to add this in my backpack in case I need it. Your faith and your heart will fail you. There's no plan Bs, okay? Don't add on anything that will become too heavy. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 30, I'll just quote here, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're not supposed to be carrying anything that's heavy. If you're heavy this morning, take it off. God doesn't want you carrying things that are breaking your back, dragging your feet along. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. David was planning to use what he'd always used, the same thing he used to defeat the lion and the bear, his faith and his trust in God. Nothing else. He knew the intimacy and the relationship that he had in secret when nobody was watching would carry him and sustain him right on the battlefield in the public eye where everybody and all the responsibility was landing on him. That would sustain him. What you do in secret, people might not see it, but God sees it. It's preparing you. It's preparing you. Don't change your message. Don't change your battle plan to fit your giant. Don't change your message. Stick with what the word says. Get after it with the word. Everyone has a specific call. Don't try and walk in somebody else's lane. Don't try and walk in somebody else's lane. Stick in your own lane. Stick with what God's telling you to do. This is where you'll find your strength. This is where you'll find your strength. You know, there's been plenty of teaching on this. It's, you know, it's a powerful portion of Scripture, this. And I actually remember, I think it was Dad shared it last year sometime where he was talking about David and Goliath. And I've heard him say this loads of times before. Just when it comes to this part about when he put on Saul's armor. Church, you can't live in somebody else's testimony. You can't live in somebody, what happened somebody else. You have to get a revelation for yourself. You have to test these things yourself. Where does all this come from? Your relationship with God. 
You can't get these things by playing church. You can't get these things by playing religion. It's about your relationship with him. People's testimonies are encouraging. God gives us a testimony. And some of them are, you know, ones that came from really, really dark places. <laughs> and God turned that whole life situation around. And God will use that testimony for, to share his goodness, to give himself, the, you know, so we can give him the glory through our testimony. But you can't live off that. You can't base your experiences on somebody else. It's, it's specific to you. It's specific to you. You have to get into that place where you can put your faith in God and his word for yourself, not because you see somebody else doing it. Not because you see somebody else doing it. I, I think of it like this. When you're a kid and you grow up, you start coming into those teenage years, like I was sharing with the youth on Friday night. There's an age of accountability, church, where you're going to have to start standing for yourself. Your kids are going to have to start standing for themselves. They can't go off by what you tell them. They can't live off what your, well, how God's took you through things. They can't live off your testimony. They have to prove it out themselves because they have their own call. They have their own call. Get into the place where you can put your faith in God and his word for yourself. You can use those things as encouragement, but you have to test them yourself. Don't do something because somebody else tells you. And when God tells you to do something, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Pl plenty of people were trying to talk David out of going up against Goliath, but he didn't let it stop him. He listened to what God said. Get your own revelation, your own seeking. Find his heart. Find out what his heart is. What did God say about David? He's a man after my own heart. He knew the heart of God. Get after the things of God. Verse 40, chapter 17. Then he took his staff in his hand. He chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in a shepherd's bag. I love that. He put them in a shepherd's bag. He wasn't trying to be something that he wasn't. He went in there facing Goliath himself, being himself. Church, the devil can smell fakeness, fake faith. It's not going to get you anywhere. The enemy is not going to take you seriously with your fake faith. Be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. Be yourself. We're all called to be different. We're called to be different. He put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand. As he drew near to the Philistine, so the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. When the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog? Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? How many times does your giant talk back to you? And it tries to tell you, belittle you, 
and tries to tell you that you're useless, that you can't do it. It works for them, but it's not going to work for you because me and you know that you can't do it. You hear those voices, church. Don't listen. Don't listen. Speak the word back. Don't fight thoughts with another thought. Speak the word out. Speak it out against those thoughts. You can't fight thoughts with another thought. Speak. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, not tomorrow, not next week, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Not only will I defeat you, but we're going to defeat your entire army. Everything that you have, everything that you have to throw at us, we have the victory. I will give it to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and a spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Faith, church. That's one of my favorite verses in the whole, in the whole Bible, David's response to Goliath. You come to me in the natural, but I'm coming to you in the spiritual. And I have the victory. I have the victory. Things will rise up, like we said, to tempt you, to stop you moving forward, to get you to retreat or to stop. The giant will speak to you and try to get you focused on the physical realm. This is what Goliath was trying to do, trying to laugh at him, point out his weaknesses, tell him he wasn't capable, trying to put fear into him. I'm going to feed you to the birds to try and get him to stop, to try and get him to quit. Pursuing the call of God in your life will require you to only be concerned with what God says. Otherwise, you will never progress because there will always be giants. There will always be temptations. There will always be distractions to try and stop you. Don't stop your progress because you feel like there's waves coming against you. There's waves coming against you, church, because there's something trying to stop that momentum trying to push. You hear us say that all the time. When your back is up, when your back is up against it, when your back is, is up against the wall, you're onto something good. You're onto something good. Be encouraged with that this morning. David knew he was king. He had been chosen and God's anointing and power was on his life. You know, do you remember we, we talked about in week one, I think it was, when Samuel anointed David with the oil, it, was, it, it resembled the Holy Spirit. That's what they did back then. The Holy Spirit came upon David. His power was on him. His anointing was on him. Saul didn't know it. His brothers didn't know it. They knew he was anointed. They may not have known to the extent of how much that was going to equip him. The people around him didn't know it. Goliath didn't know it. But David knew that he had the power on the inside of him. 
He knew he was anointed. This gave him confidence. He spoke back to Goliath with authority and refused to listen to the ridicule and the voices that were trying to get him to run back. We have authority in Jesus' name to speak to and overcome every obstacle that comes against us. Do you know that this morning, church? I said that at the beginning. That should be what gives us joy. That should be what gives us that peace that on the inside of us. We have the authority. He's given us the power and he's given us the permission to use his name. Start speaking it against what's coming against you. We have a personal, intimate relationship with God and we need to speak forth what he says. We speak forth his word. I love what David's response here is. Not only was it one of faith, not only was it confidence, but what did he do? He gave God the glory. He gave God the glory. Then all, verse 47, then all this assembly shall know, not that I'm great, not that David should be anointed as, or should step in as king now. David is the bee's knees. David can do all this. Let's start worshiping David. No, David made sure all of the assembly knew that the Lord does not save with the sword and a spear. I don't care if I don't have the weapons you have. The Lord will save me. The battle is the Lord's. He will give you into our hands. Give God the glory. You may be laughing at me because you think it is my ability, Goliath. But what you don't realize is this battle is God's and I've already won. The people of Israel, we're God's people. We're his people. Who do you think you are coming up against me? Say to your giant, who do you think you are? Stop looking at the magnitude of it or how tall it is or how powerful or strong it is and start looking at it saying, who do you think you are? How dare you come against me? I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. This is, I am excited this morning. <laughs> Another example of, of his humility. He was letting them all know before anything happened, it was God. It was his ability. He was just the surrendered vessel. Be a surrendered vessel, church. You don't have to be a silver shiny one like we said last week, but be a surrendered one. Be a surrendered one. David knew the outcome beforehand because he was able to hear from the Lord. He prophesied that not only would he defeat Goliath, but he'd cut off his head. He didn't even have a sword. But he says, I will cut your head off. Don't be concerned with the details or the way it's going to happen. Don't be concerned with, Lord, it's not looking great. How is this going to happen? Lord, the doctors are saying this. Lord, they're coming from my house. Lord, whatever it is. Don't be concerned about the details. Trust in him. Trust in him. Do your part. You have to do your part, church. You can't leave it all in God's lap. You can't leave it in God's lap. You have to be faithful to what he's given you. You have to be faithful in the preparation time. You have to obey his word. Stay in step with his spirit. Remember we were talking about that? Stay in step with his spirit. Don't be way off here doing your own thing, expecting God to bless it. Stay in step with him. 
press in further, running ahead, no matter what, don't slow down. This is another one of my favorite parts. Verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David. David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He ran towards Goliath. He ran towards him. Stop running away. Stop waiting for the giant to come to you. Charge towards your giant. Charge. David ran. He put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead. So that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over Goliath, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him. He cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. They fled. Church, one punch to your giant, one punch to the enemy with God's word, they'll, he'll flee. What does the Bible say? Resist the devil and he'll flee. Resist. That does not mean submit to what he's trying to do. It's the opposite of submit. Resist means to push against him. To do the opposite of what he's trying to put on you, what he's trying to tell you to do. Do the opposite. Resist and he will flee. David wounded their giant, killed him, and the whole army fled. And they pursued them. David ran towards Goliath. He seen him as nothing but a hindrance to his call and a disrespect to God's people. And a disrespect to God's people. Church, we need to start seeing ourselves like God sees us. We have to see ourselves like God sees us. You know, none of this, oh, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a good old sinner that God saved. You know, we are redeemed. We are purchased by the blood of Jesus. We are no longer that sinner. He's dead. He's gone. We may still sin. We may still miss it at times. But our spirit man, the real you, that's what God looks at. He doesn't look at what you see when you, when you, when you look at yourself in the mirror. He looks at it in here. That's been reborn. There's no sin in there. There's no stains. There's no faults. Brand new. Start seeing yourself in that way. Start seeing yourself as a child of God, as an heir to his promises. That's how you're to see yourself. David had to look at the bigger picture and the bigger plan that was on his life in order to see past his giant. Like we said, this was very early on and it was an opportunity for him to yield to his flesh and run in fear from his destiny, but he didn't. You have to be able to look past what is standing in front of you. You have to be able to see with kingdom eyes. See with kingdom eyes. Then this stuff that tries to hinder you in your call will shrink in size. Shrink in importance. You, it won't move you. You won't even care. You'll just laugh. You'll just laugh. What does the Bible say, church? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Be strong in the Lord. Be joyful in what he's trying to do with you, in, in and through you. Get rid of this victim mentality. You're a victor. 
Victor. Say that over your life every morning. I am a victor. I am a victor through Jesus Christ. Pity parties hinder your call. And I don't want to get invited to pity parties. I'm not going to come. And I'm not going to invite you to mine. Pity parties hinder your call. Okay? Always keep your eyes on the bigger picture, on the eternal prize. If we get too wrapped up in what is coming against us, if we get, again, in the natural, too focused on our problems, we start to feel sorry for ourselves and the pity party comes. Lord, I've been so faithful. How could you have allowed this? Lord, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me, Lord? Me, 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 me. And it, once you get deeper and deeper and deeper into that pity party, church, it's harder to come out of it. It's harder to come out of it. We shouldn't be looking at ourselves in any other way but how God looks at us. And he doesn't look at us as defeated, wallowing in our pity. It'll hinder your call. It gets us nowhere. It only makes us feel sorry for ourselves. It gets us in the flesh. David could have chosen to feel sorry for himself that this was falling on his shoulders. He could have had a pity party that, why should I go do Saul's dirty work? He's the king. Why do I have to go? Why do I have to put my life on the line? But see, he was so humble and so obedient. His heart was sold out. You might say this morning, your heart sold out, but church, if God's trying to tell you to do something and he wants you to do it and you're looking at your own ability, if you're looking at the particulars, your heart's not sold out. Because if your heart was sold out, you would do it in a heartbeat. You know he's behind you, pressing you on. He walked in obedience and consecration to God. We covered the importance of holiness in, in the first week and how important it is to set yourself apart. David done that. This stopped him from hindering his call. He walked in obedience. Consecrating and sanctifying yourself to do the will of God is an ongoing process, church. You don't do it once when you get saved and then you think that's enough. It's ongoing. Consecrating yourself daily. Living a life of, of holiness. Walking worthy of the call that he's placed on your life. It's a daily process. It's ongoing. And I'm going to close with this. You may not always know exactly what God wants you to do or has called you to do in specific detail. And many times that's why we hinder it because we're waiting for the specific details. We might not always know exactly what it is, but you should always be willing and obedient to do whatever he asks you to do. David may not have understood, why do I have to go up against Goliath right now? Why is this dependent on me? But he always look at the kingdom. Look at eternity, church. Everything else is just fleeting by, passing by, it'll fade away. Always be willing and obedient to do whatever he asks you to do. I'm sure that facing Goliath would not have been something that David would have chosen to do when he woke up that morning. It's not something that he would have picked to do. Like, you've this option, that option, what do you want to do? I will deliver you both ways, so would you want to go up against this giant and risk your life? I'm sure it's not something he would have picked. Nobody would pick that. But he was willing and obedient. And he'd done it because it needed to be done. Sometimes in pursuing the call of God in your life, you will have to do some things, church, that you would rather not do. 
You'll have to do things that you don't want to do. But we're not, it's not always going to be comfortable. In fact, it shouldn't be comfortable. It shouldn't be comfortable because when you're comfortable, you stop relying on God. You rely on your own strength. Don't get comfortable. If, it, if you're comfortable, start asking God to press you, put, reveal things to you. Lord, what else can I do? Push me out there a bit more. Lord, just put it on my heart and I'll take that step. I'll take that step. I want to be uncomfortable. I want to be leaning on you, leaning on you. If you will obey God every day and learn to trust in him and his word, including in the little things and continue to press in deeper. Pray, church. Be a, be a person of prayer. Be holy. Be consecrated. Walk in the spirit and you will find you will find and you will fulfill that call if that's your lifestyle. If that is your lifestyle, you will find and fulfill your call. Amen? Amen. Did I encourage you this morning? Yes, Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and we worship you. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity. We thank you for this opportunity to, to come together as your body. Lord, what an honor, what a privilege it is. We first and foremost glorify you today. We honor you. We magnify you. Lord, we're so thankful. We are so thankful, Father, for everything you've done for us. We're so full of joy at the thought, Father, of spending an eternity with you and getting to walk in your goodness and in everything that you have for us, Lord, until we see your face. We thank you for that. We're so thankful, Father. We love you. We worship you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for this service. We thank you, Lord, for that your hand was upon it, Lord. What a powerful words, Father, that we heard from your spirit. Thank you, Father, Lord, for the time we get to spend together. We thank you, Father, Lord, for, you, for the word that was preached, Lord, that it will be sown in the hearts, in good grounds, hearts that are ready to receive, not closed off to you, but hearts that are ready to receive, Father, Lord, that the seed of your word will produce a hundredfold in our lives yes. when it's planted when it's planted on the good ground and the good soil of our hearts. So we declare that this morning in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father Lord. We, de we declare Psalm 91 over our lives, over this church family, over our own families, over this body. And we thank you, Father Lord, that we, have, we are protected everywhere we go as we come to this building, as we leave this building, in our everyday lives, in our homes, as we're traveling to and from work. We thank you, Father Lord, that we and our families are protected. Father Lord, that no wicked plan from the wicked man or the devil himself will be able to come against us and harm us or hinder us or hinder our call in any way. Lord, we deal with preventative maintenance in this church. We declare your word on a daily basis. We stand and we walk in divine health. We walk in your protection. We dwell in the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of the Almighty, protecting us, keeping us safe from all harm. Your angels are taking charge over us, protecting us everywhere we go. We thank you. We worship you for that, Father. Lord, help us be, Lord, true examples of Jesus. We want to be true examples of you, Lord. Your love working in and through us, being ambassadors for Jesus. We walk in faith and love towards you and love towards one another. And I thank you, Father, Lord, that here at this church, we are covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.